We're up to episode 80 of In the Front Row with Mike Vaccaro, and we sit down today with the Nigerian nightmare, Christian Okoye, who shares his journey with us from Enugu, Nigeria, to the Kansas City Chiefs in the NFL. Grew up in Nigeria playing soccer, running track, and came to football back in his early 20s. But had a great career and one of the best careers for the Kansas City Chiefs as a big running back. He shares his journey with us and also shares his top five big running backs as well and talks about his new book coming out in November. It is episode 80 in the front row with Mike Vaccaro featuring the Nigerian nightmare, Christian Okoye. Well, thanks for spending a little time with us and and sharing your story. And I know you've got a new book coming out uh, November 7th. Uh, Some of what we're going to talk about, I'm I'm sure, is in in that book. Uh, But we like to begin at the very beginning. And and for you, it starts in Inugu, Nigeria, right? And and growing up there, it wasn't football that that we're used to. It's another football, soccer, and also track and field. Take us through the the early days for you in Nigeria and and where sports were in, in your upbringing. Well, as I was growing up, I was so much in love with soccer. I played soccer all the time. And um, uh, of course, my dad went too happy that I I was so in love with soccer. And so I got in trouble with him all the time. You know, I, um, I normally received like um, severe punishment every single day. You know, just imagine I, um, I mess up today. I, I, he will punish me, and the, f- the following day, I'll do the same thing. I get another punishment. You know, it, this went on and on and on and on until um, one of our neighbors told him, you know, you better leave this kid alone, you know, because uh, it might be one of those things that um, you will end up doing in life. And uh, what, what kind of changed everything also was uh, my very first coach from... Um, from in Nigeria with a track coach, Patrick Anokwa came to my dad and told him, you know, I will pick up your son and go to practice after school. And after school, after practice, I'll bring him back to make sure he's home, (laughs) you know? So my dad agreed with that. So that's the only reason why I actually stayed with sports and uh, eventually changed into track and field and uh, and um, the rest was history coming to America on track scholarship. Yeah, he, he was stressing academics, right? He didn't see the value of athletics with academics. Is that what it was? Yes, most Nigerian parents are the same way. Well, again, you, you excelled. And what brought you to the U.S.? You came to the United States at, at 21. Well, yeah. Um, actually, I came, um, I came at 19. I just turned 20 here. But um, I had started um, a, a track and field throwing the discus. I first started with uh, running the hurdles, but I was getting bigger and bigger. So I switched to field events. And uh, Patrick Anoka was the field event coach at the time. So he took me under his wing and uh, was training me. Um, and of course, in 1980, 1981, uh, one of my friends on the same team, Innocent Ebunike, came to America to go to school. He had been in 80 Olympics in Moscow. And um, so he came to Asia Pacific and I told him I would like to come because uh, Olympic was going to be held in Los Angeles in 84. Um, uh, was it? Yeah, in 84. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he walked it 
worked it out for me to come. And I came in 82. I had two years to train before the Olympics. So um, uh, after that, those two years, I had made tremendous uh, imp improvements uh, through the discus. So, um, but when Olympics came around, Nigeria left me out. And when they left me out, it was a huge disappointment. But uh, all along, within those two years, my friends had been talking to me about uh, trying to convince me to play football, American football. But not knowing anything about the game, I told them no. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, the first time Innocent took me to a football game, the school football game, we got there and I saw you know, players come out to warm up and um, and I asked him, I said, what is this? He says, it's football. I said, what kind of football is this? This is American football, just watch. And I said, okay. And um, I, I sat there uh, uh, when the game started, um, you know, players were getting the huddle, they circle around and it seemed like they were whispering something to them, to <laughs> each other. And the other, the other side was doing the same thing. And then they will come together and the whistle blows and they hit each other and the whistle blows again and they stop. I told him, I said, no, let's get out of here. This is boring. Because I'm used to soccer, you know, when the ball is kicked, everybody you just play on, right? Yeah. Um, so uh, we, we left and I never watched a full football game until I decided to play after Nigeria didn't take me to the Olympics. So um, when I started, it was like, <laughs> it was crazy. Yeah, so the disappointment of 1984, not making that team, not going to the Olympics, but at Azusa Pacific, as you said, learn about football. What was it like the first time you put the pads on, put the helmet on, and, and you either took a hit or you gave a hit for the first time? <laughs> it was very strange, you know. Uh, as a matter of fact, after the first practice, I went back to my track coach, Terry France, and I told him, I said, Coach, this is very hard. I, I can't do it because I had headaches. I had bruises around me, you know, and uh, he says, Christian, that's what football is. You're going to feel those things, but you have to overcome it if you want to play football. If you don't want to play, then I'll support you to just quit, you know, but you don't want to be a quitter. <laughs> you know, so he just kind of gave me that talk and uh, I went back and I stuck it out. And uh, but uh, I made several decisions to quit along the, along the line. But every time I come to him to uh, tell him about my decision, he says, Christian, they tell me you're doing so well. You're improving every single day, you know, so you don't want to quit. You want to just stick it out for this year. Um, so his encouragement and uh, my teammates, uh, encouragement and of course of course uh, teaching me some of the things that I needed to know about the game uh, it helped me stay on for that first year and of course second year came around the same thing over again you see second year was my senior year and um, I had grown tired of the game because I didn't see it you know going beyond college so there was no need for me to continue uh, playing I wanted to go back to track and field. But the same people convinced me to stay on. Um, so I finished my second year. I said, okay, that's it, you know. And um, I think it was a, a writer from uh, LA Times that came one time, or maybe a scout, I can't remember. 
told me, he says, Christian, you know, you made a lot of improvements from your first year to the second year. If you want, you can go back and play one more year because you're still eligible to play. And um, after that third year, if you improve enough, you might get a chance to be invited to one of the NFL camps, you know? And uh, doing that, you have a chance to, uh, to earn a living. And I thought about it. I said, okay, I'll go back. And um, I played my third year. And um, I tell you, that third year made a huge difference because I improved a lot, you know. And um, I, had a, I had to put a lot of, you know, thought into it. And um, after that third year, I was invited to a senior bowl in Alabama. And uh, of course, I didn't anticipate that happening. But when they called, I had to go. I really didn't want to go because I had decided within me that football is not for me anymore. <laughs> but you had, I went to a small school, I was so Pacific, and all these people were like, wow, this is big. Nobody from the school has ever been invited to this uh, ball game. So you have to go, you have to go. And I went. You know, and um, I had to jump over a lot of obstacles, you know. I um, uh, sprained my right ankle the first practice over there. <laughs> and I was, I was looking for them to send me home, but they did not send me home. Uh, it was kind of weird. Um, I asked the trainer at the time, um, uh, Don Shula was the coach and his staff, of course. And uh, I, I asked the uh, uh, trainer, I said... Um, uh, I, I'm injured. Are they going to send me home? He says, no, Christian, before you got here, um, they put out a huge article in the newspaper here, a whole page about you, how strong you were, how fast you run, and where you came from, and so on and so forth. So they really want you to play, you know, so people can see you. They really want you to play. So we're going to do our, our best to get you ready to play. I said, oh, gosh. So, the, you know, it's a big, uh, a big, um, you know, bullseye on my back. I had to work extremely hard in there, you know. But thank God I stayed because I scored four touchdowns in the Senior Bowl and um, uh, was the offensive player of the game. And also uh, the record, I believe, still stands there. And, um, you know, that's where the Chiefs saw me and drafted me. Yeah, in 1987 NFL draft, second round, 35th overall to, to Kansas City. So you start with not knowing what football is, American football, and then get drafted after just three years. What's going through your mind at that point? It was it was still, everything was like moving fast, you know. And uh, so I was just taking it one day at a time, one step at a time. Um, I didn't want to kind of like uh, look forward to like 10 years or whatever because I didn't know what was happening. I've never been in that position before. And um, all I can do is just take it a day, a day at a time. After I was drafted, I got to Kansas City and I didn't know anything. The school I went to, we didn't have any playbooks. I never saw a playbook. We, you know, the plays that we had, I think we had like four or six different, you know, running, running plays. Um, it, 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 uh, it, it took me a while, but I decided within myself that I'm going to, I'm going to study the place, know exactly what I'm doing, you know, when, when my number is called and that's exactly what I did. And that's what helped me out a whole lot. 
um, the the, uh, the offensive system that was installed, that was the first year they installed it. So I was in the same boat with all the other players in the Chiefs. So I had to know exactly what I'm doing um, um, when we practice. So what was that transition like? Because it seemed like maybe it took you a couple of years, but obviously 1989 was was a great year for you. Did you feel like in a couple of years you finally hit your stride in the NFL and with the Chiefs in 1989? Well, you see, what happened is that um, I um, – <laughs> I had uh, Frank Gans as the, as, as the head coach who drafted me. Um, that was his first year being the head coach in, in Kansas City in 1987. And then uh, we, we had a horrible year. And then his second year in 88, uh, we had the same number of play, uh, games that we won. Um, then he got fired after the season. And the Carl Peterson and Marty Schoenhammer was hired in mm-hmm. 89. So when, when they came, Marty called me and he says, Christian, uh, do you mind coming in town for, for a little chat? I'm like, well, yeah, I never met him before. I uh, flew to Kansas City and um, came to his office direct. And we, I sat down and he says, I just wanted to look at you and let you know that we're going to run the ball and run a lot. Are you ready? I said, I am, coach. I told him, I said, that's the only thing I know how to do because I'm still new in this game. He said, okay, good. Go get yourself ready because when you come back, we're going to start work. I said, sure. The meeting lasted only three minutes. You know, I flew all the way from California to see Marty. Our meeting was only three minutes. And then he took me to introduce me to the rest of the staff, you know, and, um, and that was it. Yeah, 370 attempts that year, almost uh, 1,500 rushing yards. You led the NFL. And I saw a little smile came on your face when you talk about Marty Schottenheimer. I, I know you you look at him certainly as, as a mentor and somebody who is obviously very influential in your career. Is that the case? Yes, that's the case. If Marty didn't come to Kansas City, I would have quit football after three years. You know, that was my, that was my decision. I said, I'm going to play three years and I'll get out. But when he came after my second year uh, and told me what he told me and uh, promised me, I said, I'm going to stay. And um, I'm glad he came. And, uh, you know, Mario was a, a straight shooter to me. To me, when he talked to me, I learned a lot from him. You know, um, he said the same words, you know, to the players, the same words that my dad used to say to me and my, my siblings. You know, take things one step at a time. One play at a time, one day at a time, um, you can't rush through life at all, you know. So, and of course, um, that, those are the things that I needed to hear being a, a, a new player. Um, so I had to learn and um, I can't just uh, look ahead and see what I could be, you see. So um, him being there helped my career a whole bunch. At 6'1 and 260, I'm sure that helped your career as well. How did you use that size to your advantage? How many yards do you think you got after contact in your career? Uh, I think most of my most of the yards I had. Um, yeah, the size helped a whole bunch. And uh, I tried to use my athletic ability, my uh, track and field skills. Um, even though I was a, a thrower, I started out as a sprinter. And um, when I was at Azusa, I used to challenge my, my sprinter friends to races and, of course, short races, 
not 100 yards or 100 meters, um, knowing that I, my size and all that. When I started playing football, I have to tell you, my, when I started playing football, I weighed 282 pounds. Wow. I said running back. So I gradually, I gradually came down to 260, 256, you know, but... Um, um, so I had to throw my weight around when I was playing for the Chiefs, and uh, it worked out. So, again, you're relatively new to the game at this point. Were you emulating anybody? Were you watching any other games kind of to, to learn about the sport while you're playing the sport? Yes. Yes, I did. I um, I watched a lot of films. I watched uh, – I collected films of uh, Jim Brown, mm. um, Jim Taylor, uh, if you remember him, the play for uh, Green Bay. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched Walter Payton a lot, even though he was smaller in size. I had to watch him because of his demeanor, you know, uh, the way he played. He played big. You see, uh, Campbell, I watched him. And my friend, Eric Dickerson, because I, I, I loved his running style, the way he flowed around the field. Um, even though I couldn't <laughs> flow that way, I was the big guy. I couldn't flow that way, but uh, I loved watching him play. And uh, all collectively, when I watch these guys, I try to learn, you know, uh, uh, try to think and um, emulate what they're thinking, you know, their demeanor on the field. Uh, because being being new in the game, I have to start somewhere. You know, I've never been involved with anything where you have to continuously run into people and then get up and line up again and, and run into people. Um, so watching these guys helped me a whole bunch. You said in 1989, uh, your high water mark, 91, you make a, a, an all pro and a pro bowl as well. And then injuries starting to come into play. What was that like dealing with injuries and maybe not being, you know, as healthy as you wanted to be during those days? Well, when injuries came, you know, I mean, I was playing with them as, as, as long as I can, I can run. Um, I, um, I play with injuries. I remember, um, in Seattle when, when we were playing over there, uh, I tripped on a, on a fold of, uh, turf, you know, mm-hmm. old turf. and I was catching myself, a linebacker hit me and my shoulder came out and they popped it back in. I went back and finished the game, but the rest of the season, every time I hit somebody, it would pop out and I learned to put it back in. Um, those are one of the things that I went through, um, <laughs> and of course, many concussions. I uh, uh, one in particular in Chicago when Richard Dent and I ran into each other, and we both knocked each other out. You know, I kind of staggered to, to the huddle, and he followed me. <laughs> you know, one of my offensive linemen told him, "Hey, Richard, your huddle is over there." <laughs> uh, they were telling me this later on because I didn't even hear my ears were ringing. And stuff. Yeah. Um, so. But all those things, I had to learn how to do that back then. It doesn't happen anymore in today's game. But back then, guys have to learn to play with their ears, ringing, seeing stars, and so on. Um, but those, those are the things that um, I had to learn from my teammates because I wasn't born that way at all. Yeah, certainly a different era that you played in than now. Maybe more knowledge about things, especially concussions. CTE obviously is a, a lot of the discussion. Do you have any, you know, effects now from those concussions you had back in the eighties and nineties, early nineties? Well, you know, I mean, people around me can probably tell you, but the only thing I can feel myself, you know, is uh, 
headaches that I get, you know. Um, uh, I do get a lot of headaches, um, which is kind of like become, you know, part of me, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah, I listen to a lot of players talking about, you know, forgetfulness. They forget things a lot, you know. And that's that is starting to creep into me. But I'm just hoping that it's slow and not quick, you know. Um, I want to be able to recognize my grandkids when they're here. So, yeah, you're in your early 60s, so you you look great for all the contact that you took. So again, you know the the injuries creep in. 93, you officially retired, but before that, your last carry was a touchdown in 92, an eight yard touchdown. Uh, do you remember looking back that thinking that this could be the last time you, you touch a football and run the football? No, no, I don't even remember. You know, I mean, this is the first time I've had it, <laughs> but uh, I, uh, I, no, I don't remember at all. I remember coming back in camp and, uh, you know, uh, it's, it's just, it was too much, you know, and um I told Marty, I said, uh, Coach, uh, I think I'm done. He says, oh, you're only 31 years old. You know, you can't quit now. I said, Coach, I'm just, you know, I wasn't supposed to play this long anywhere. You know, so thank you. Well, you finished as the Chiefs all-time leading rusher, almost 5,000 yards, and in 2000 you were inducted into their, their Hall of Fame. What does that tell you about what you were able to accomplish in, in, in such a short amount of time, not just with the Chiefs, but in the game itself, because again, you didn't come to it until you were in your early 20s. Well, you know, I just thank God for all the opportunities. You know, every time I talk, I talk to kids today, I tell them to make sure they seize all the opportunities that come to them because uh, those are the things that can lead them through life. And um, uh, my story is an example. Um, I didn't know I was going to play football, and football was a strange sport to me. I didn't know how to play. I didn't know what it was about, but it, it had people around me that helped me out, you know. So I preach that uh, people should help each other out. And every time I go and speak to a group, I tell them that we're obligated to help others. That's who we are helped by somebody. And again, we began, your dad didn't want you to play sports at all. Was he around as you played your NFL career? What was his thoughts, you know, as your career went on? Um, he, he was, he was around, actually, he came, he visited after my rookie year when I, um, I received all the awards in Kansas and Kansas city. So he was there and saw it and, um, he was a proud man back then. Um, but in the beginning, he didn't want me to play at all. He, he said he read about the foot, American football. It's very dangerous. I don't want you to partake in it. And, uh, but I went ahead and played anyway. And, um, uh, I'm glad that he came around to support me. But one thing that I left out is um, before I decided to play at Azusa, when I walked into the football coach's office, I, I asked him, I said, Coach, um, I'd like to play football. And he said, OK, what position would you like to play? And uh, I didn't know any position in football back then, uh, of course. But I told him, I said, uh, I was watching the news at one time and I saw a guy uh, that played for the Raiders, and he ran, he, he reversed the field, and he ran a long ways and scored a touchdown. And he said, oh, yeah, that was Marcus Allen. He was the MVP. I said, okay, what position do you know? was it? He? he says, running back. I said, that's what I want to play. <laughs> and that's how I became a running back. And that was in the Super Bowl, wasn't it? Is that what, what it was in the Super Bowl with the yeah. Raiders? 
Yes, yes, because they played in the Super Bowl earlier that year. There you go. So the Super Bowl worldwide, obviously. Well, what was life like after your playing career? I know you've done several different things. What what was on the table right after your, your playing career ended? Well, when when my career ended, I didn't do anything for a couple of years. And then because I had a, a daughter that was quite young. And then I, uh, I uh, bought a small company that made uh, protein powder. Uh, I ran it for 14 years and then sold it. Um, uh, I have a foundation for children, which I started while I was still playing in 1990. Um, and then in 2006, after I was inducted into the Missouri Sports Hall of Fame, I came back to California and found out that California didn't have a, hall, a sports hall of fame. So I started one and, um, and it's still ongoing. Yeah, I find that amazing that California doesn't have a sports hall of fame. You started in 2006, right? So is it a yearly induction into that hall of fame? Yes, every summer, uh, last weekend of June, every, every summer, yes. So it took a Nigerian to start the California Sports Hall of Fame. That's a little crazy to me. But uh, tell us about your book and what led to that, The Nigerian Nightmare, My Journey Out of Africa to the uh, Kansas City Chiefs and Beyond. Well, you know, people have been telling me that I need to write a book, you know, and um, it's, uh, I, I keep avoiding it because, you know, I don't like a lot of attention. And um, uh, I decided, okay, I'm going to do it six years ago. And uh, I kind of had, I had something finished, but I wasn't quite happy with it. So um, I connected with a different guy, Greg Hanlon from New York. And uh, he he did a great job, you know, writing it. So he and I kind of collaborated and, and wrote it. And uh, I'm very happy with it. Did it give you a chance to, to reminisce a little bit and, and talk about some things that maybe you hadn't thought about or talked about in quite some time? Oh, definitely. Definitely. We talked about my family, my Azusa growing up, um, my friends in, uh, in Azusa, my teammates in Kansas City, and of course, and some of the people that I, uh, I ran into, that I met, and uh, my current friends, everybody that was that's around me that, um, you know, been a big part of my life, of course. Bruce Arians wrote the foreword. People know him probably from Tampa Bay, other head coaching jobs in the NFL. What's, what's the connection to you and Bruce Arians? Bruce Arians, he came from Temple University. His first, his first NFL coaching job was with Kansas City Chiefs. And he was my running back coach when he came. So he and I became friends way back then in 1989. So Marty hired him out of Temple to coach in Kansas City. And uh, so he and I became friends since then. He's a good man. Good man. Got to ask you, I know you get teased a little bit, but the, the hit from Steve Atwater, he's a Hall of Famer. He was uh, for the Broncos. You're a big back. He was a defensive back. Take us through that hit and what you remember. And, and, you know, do you still hear about that from people? Of course, I still hear about that from people. Uh, but you know, people people think he's a defensive back, and I'm a running back, and people think he can. I can easily run him over. Steve is a big guy. If you meet him, he's a big guy. He's not a little guy. Yeah, he's a good player too. And every time people talk about 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 the heat, they think you know that uh, that heat made him. No, no, no. He's been a great player all along. You know, so 
that one hit is just, you know, something that happened. And if you carry the ball a lot, somebody's going to catch you at some point, you see. And uh, it's happened to the best of us. Um, so uh, it's one of those things. <laughs> it's one of those things. But Do you guys ever see each other anymore? What's that? Do you ever see Steve Atwater at all at any functions or anything? I haven't seen him lately. I, I remember the last time he went back working with the Broncos. I, I think he still was for them. Yeah. Well, as you said, he's a big defensive back. You're a big running back. We have a new segment, our, our top five. I want to know your top five. And you mentioned maybe some of those guys, but your top five big running backs in oh. your mind. And it's okay if you include yourself in the top five. Top five. Um, gosh, big running backs. Um, should I start with number one? Let's go five to one. Five to one. Gosh, you know, I'm going to put myself the last, you know. Um, I'll be last. And then, of course, uh, uh, I have to count in Derrick Henry. Mm. Um, you have to count uh, Eddie George. Mm. Uh, number one will have to be uh, El Campbell. Okay. You know, and then number two, gosh, Jerome Bettis. Wow, okay. Yeah. You, you talked earlier about Jim Brown, so no Jim Brown in your top five big running backs? You don't think he's as, as big as some of those other guys? Well, yeah, he's – well, Jim Brown, didn't I count him? No, not in your top five, but you talked about him earlier. Oh, okay. Well, I'm number five. <laughs> you know, Jim Brown, we have to – let me change it. Uh, El Combo will have to be number one. You know, I look up to him. Jim Brown will have to be number two, you know. And uh, um, I will say, I will say Derrick Henry, Eddie George, and, my, and myself. Okay. Yeah. I took out, uh, <laughs> I took out uh, John Bettis, but, you know, if I have to replace somebody, it will be Eddie George that I will replace for um, Jerome Bettis. Well, for you, we'll say top six. We'll throw the bus back in there. So uh, so that's a pretty good six right there, yourself included. As you said, Eddie George, we've had him previously as a guest as well. So that's uh, some pretty good guys. And as you said, some of them, you, you learn the, the sport from it as well. Yeah. So uh, I, I like that list. And, the, and again, it shows kind of different eras. Do you think you can play in today's NFL? Of course. Of course. They don't tackle. They don't know how to tackle anymore. Are you kidding me? And there are so many rules that, you know, people think about when they're playing football. Um, they don't practice tackling. <laughs> so, of course, I can play in it. You know, just don't throw it to me. <laughs> <Hand it off. laughs> well, can, can you be tackled, though? How, how do you tackle, you know, in your days, how, how were you tackled the best by a defender? Well, they gang tackle you. That's what happens. You know, when you run the ball a lot, they know how to defend you and uh, um, if you go and ask uh, some of our division teams you know Denver Raiders is Seattle back then mm -hmm. that's what they did you know but, but we were still successful against well, again your book comes out uh, November 7th from our friends uh, Triumph Books who put it out again the Nigerian nightmare my journey out of Africa to the Kansas City Chiefs and beyond and uh, Chris we wish you nothing but the best in the the sales and in uh, with that book and hope it goes well. It's a great story. It's uh, certainly an inspirational story and an incredible one. Again, the career that you had is such a short amount of time playing this sport. 
it just says a lot about you and 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 the person that you are and and certainly wish you nothing but the best. Well, thank you so much for having me. God bless you. Another great story. Christian Okoye sharing that with us here today. We appreciate his time. I appreciate his top five slash six big running backs. A great list that certainly he is on as well. Be sure to look for his book coming out November 7th from our friends from Triumph Books. And as always, we invite you to like, to share, and to subscribe to our channels and our show as we continue to bring you some great guests and great stories as well. For JR Quitman, our creator, producer, and director, I'm Mike Vaccaro. We'll see you next time for another edition of In the Front Row with Mike Vaccaro. Have a great day, everybody.